Oh, hello, weary travelers. Come on in. It looks like the bod is about to begin. I'll pour the ales over the stories, fables, and tales about the bards, battle axes, and bows taking out their ferocious foes. Just take a listen to the tales that we spin here at the Carriage Rest Inn. Previously on Carriage Rest Tales, Gnomus and Woods escorted the lovely dwarven child Bella home, but not all went as planned. Gnomus got a whiff of the past, only to be confronted by a creepy old man with an odd-looking brand and an equally disturbing disposition. Meanwhile, Woods received an elegantly woven tapestry depicting a battle between good and evil, gods versus harbingers. To receive a gift is normally a pleasant thing, but this gift has only left Woods more confused and nervous, as she notices her goddess Lucha is among those dark gods on the tapestry, depicted doing battle with the harbinger of creation, the founder of the order. Meanwhile, Benson took Vaso under his wing and gave him a private lesson in something called a soul taunt, allowing Vaso to use the light from within himself to attract Dinoa toward him, freeing up his party to accomplish their own tasks. Back at base, the parties invited to a dinner party turned top chef with Vaso unveiling his gift of cooking in a masterpiece chicken-on-egg sandwich. But the mood of the party turns somber as Amelia and Carmine reveal some of the tragic backstory of the beloved hero of Black Bay Harbor, Benson Hartman. What mysterious forces are at play? Will our adventurers gain new allies or foes? Are the heroes on the right side with the Order of Light? Find out now on this week's episode of Carriage Rest Tales. Welcome to another episode of Carriage Rest Tales. I'm your host and one of your Dungeon Masters, Mike. And to my left, we have... Hey, everyone. This is Ryan. I'll be playing Nomis, the tabaxi bard. Hello, everybody. This is Vaso. This is Nick. <laughs> Please keep that. I'm going to redo that. No, just keep it. Hey, everybody. This is Nick. I will be playing Vaso, the half-work barbarian. Hey, guys. It's Sam, and I play Woods, the elven ranger. And this is John, who can't come up with a funny way to say I'm the other DM this week. So what we're going to do is you guys all are going to level up to level four. Woohoo! Which is quite exciting. Yay. Um, here at <laughs> Carriage Rest Tales, um, we do double levels. So they were level two. Instead of going to level three, I always do two levels with my players so that we can see and get to those higher levels a little bit faster. That's why we like playing with Mike. So to do that and kind of explain how your characters are going to level up, what skills they're going to get, we're going to do interactions with different NPCs over a two-month time period. So in the storyline, we're going to fast forward over a two-month break while you guys are training up, talking to NPCs, doing your research, all those types of things. No, miss, you are having a jam session with Wallace again. He's on the drums, you are playing your lyre, and you finish up your set, and Wallace looks at you and he says, No, miss, my friend, I think it's about time we schedule a performance. You know, Wallace, I, I couldn't agree with you more, bud. I've been dying to get back on that stage and feel bad that I got my crew busted by Benson, but it was worth it, I think. A little running doesn't hurt anybody. He gives you a look like, hey, I had to run laps too that night. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, well, I think there is, we've got our music down certainly at this point, but I think there's a, a secondary aspect that we need to practice before we're really totally ready to perform. 
It, what, what's that? Our stagecraft. Stagecraft? Yes. You know, the, the enhancements that go along with the music so people enjoy the show more. Oh, like this? And I'm going to cast, like, dancing lights around me? Like, uh, like yes, visuals? like that, but bigger. Bigger than that? I don't know if I can do bigger than that, Wallace. My friend, I think you can. Tell me, are you familiar with pyrotechnics? Never heard of it. It's, uh... Actually... We had someone do like stage things with us. Uh, her name was Gidget, but she would do like things with the stage to make it, I think, what you're talking about, make it seem more grander. Hmm. It could be. Uh, well, I'm talking like little about controlled explosions, you know, like little yes, pops, yes, bangs. like that. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a way that we can go beyond traditional pyrotechnics like fireworks and do something with our, our light. And as he says that, he just kind of, like, makes his hands glow a little bit. That's cool. How'd you do that? I've learned how to do it recently. I'm sure you've realized that when you use your, your light power, sometimes there's a, a draining effect. It hurts a bit. Yeah, I learned that the hard way. Indeed. Well, I've been practicing a way to use the smallest amounts of light possible simply for visual effect, and I think I've come up with a way to create some visual effects without harming myself. And as he is holding his hands out, they start to glow brighter and they like the light just begins to like emanate out. And then even just like a little bit of smoke starts coming out from them. And it's not like a, a huge effect right now, but it is just kind of this like really almost hypnotizing visual effect. Like, like a dried ice. Kind of. Yeah. Right, for like um, a concert. And he says, my friend, do you think this is something you could try? Oh, I'm willing to give it a shot here, Wallace. What do I need to do? And he holds out like his hands like he's ready. Uh, well, I'm afraid I, I'm not sure how to help you exactly. It's kind of like closing the rift. I don't know if it's something I can teach you to do. The best advice I can give you is to channel your light, but try not to let it flow too powerfully through you. I think I understand. So I think when Nomis was trying to close rifts before, he was like really intense, almost like driven to like close these rifts. So I think he's going to try to like act like he's closing a rift, but very subtle. Like it's not as intense as what he usually goes into it as. So you are doing this and you start to see like a little bit of a glow in your hands. It's not a lot. It is barely like if you were in a dark room it might be enough to just get your visibility but it's not much beyond that and you're kind of struggling to get anything more out of it than that and wallace says to you hmm i have an idea gnomus can you try that and can you strum your lyre at the same time i mean i can give it a shot i can pat my head and rub my stomach too maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah i'm gonna grab my lyre and just try to channel this light through the lyre. As you are playing your lyre, I think at first you're kind of like gently strumming it. And you notice that that light is just getting a little bit brighter and a little bit brighter. And Wallace says to you, I think it's working. Nomis, give me give me a, a hard strum. Give me give me the most powerful thing you have. Like like we're finishing our set and, and everything is coming to a climax on stage. Oh yeah, he's going to like, Pete Towns in this thing and like jump up in the air, claws out, just strumming really hard down on these strings. When you do metal. that, your hands get like real bright and your lyre starts to glow too. And it's still not quite there. 
And Wallace is like, that's much better. I'll tell you what. Why don't we take our last song from the top? And when we get to the end of the song, you do that again. Got it. I'm ready. No miss is so right. excited. You guys. I've never seen his play... fur glow before. Yep. You play the song that you were just playing, and you know that that is like kind of your your showstopper encore number. And as you build up to the last strum, before you are even there, your hands are starting to glow because you're it, you're almost feeling it like second nature at this point. And when you strum that last chord, that light like bursts out from you and into the air around you, and you've just learned the pyrotechnic spell. Sweet. Oh, this show is going to be a hit, Wallace. Indeed, I think it is. Vaso, like Gnomus, this scene is during our two-month fast-forward. It is evening in the atrium, and for once, you are eating dinner on your own at the moment. You have gotten a... Nice steak and potato dinner from Carmine, and you are sitting and enjoying it by yourself when Bonnie approaches your table. Hey, Vaso. Hi, Bonnie. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Um, listen, I, I don't know if we've really had much of a chance to like hang out, like just the two of us, and you know get to know each other. I was thinking, you you grew up on a farm, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I sure did with my dad. My dad's farm. Did you? Did you ever go hunting? Uh, no, we. It was just farming only. My dad was a. He was a very. He didn't believe in violence, so our t- our town had. Um, it was basically half people were hunters and half the people were farmers. Or at least that's oh. that's how we get our food. I see. And she actually looks a, a little bit disappointed when you say that. And she says, "I was um, I was wondering if uh." If you wanted to go hunting with me tomorrow. Well, I've never done it, but yeah, I'll, I'll go. Okay, great. Um, I just, you know, with with the rest of uh, our classmates or recruits or however we want to think about them, I, I think you were the one that seemed like you would be most open to, to that. It's something I used to do when I was growing up near the perimeter, and I just, I kind of wanted to, to do it again, and I would wanted someone to go with me yeah i'd be i'd be glad to go with you uh, what time are we leaving tomorrow um early early morning how about just before dawn sounds like a plan uh so fast forwarding to just before dawn the next morning bonnie is waiting for you outside of your room and tell me does she have to knock on your door to wake you up or are you already up and ready to go uh she definitely has to knock on my door because i'm not a morning <laughs> person <laughs> um Okay, so she she knocks on the door, and you, I assume, kind of groggily get up and greet her. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get up and I'll be like, just, just give me a minute, and and then I'll I I, I had like all my stuff like laid out and uh, ready to go the night before, so like I I quickly put everything on and I I come out the door and we head off. So as you're walking, you're both kind of quiet for a little bit. It is early morning and you're both kind of taking in the pre-dawn sights and sounds. Everything's very quiet and very peaceful. And you wander your way out to some woods that are not uh, not our other character woods, <laughs> but some forest that is nearby the base. And 
Bonnie has a bow and arrow, which is a little bit unusual because you've never seen her use one of those before. And what are you carrying for your hunting? Um, I guess, well, I didn't really think about this. Um, I mean, I guess he stopped by the armory and picked up a couple of uh, throwing axes. Okay. Yeah, a couple of throwing axes. Um, so Bonas- Bonnie notices your, your throwing axes and says, so... I know you've never done this before, but um, I usually don't hunt anything big. Uh, I'm used to hunting for for food. We we did that kind of a lot when we were when I was growing up. Um, but your your throwing axes are how comfortable with those are you? Can you throw those well? Um, so Vasto is just gonna take one of them and you're gonna throw it at a tree right in like about I don't know thirty feet in front of him. And All right, that. you got you got to roll for that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got an eleven plus. I don't know what I'll add to that. Probably strength, since he's a barbarian. So add your yeah, your strength and dexterity, or strength and proficiency. Strength and proficiency, yeah. Yep. So that's uh, adding five, so sixteen total. Okay, your throwing axe hits the tree, and it like hits your mark, but you're not quite on center. It's a little high, and she's like, "Okay, that's." That was a good throw. I think we might we might be out of here with something tasty to eat tonight. But really, I just I just came out to enjoy the the nature. I don't really need to 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 come back with anything. I'm not a trophy hunter or anything like that. Okay. But anything we catch, we can bring back to Carmine and he can cook up for us. I I talked to him about it this time. He's okay with that. Yeah, sounds good. It's definitely nice to get out and you know Get the fresh air, change the scenery, for sure. Mm-hmm. So the two of you are in the forest, and you are taking care to be quiet so as not to scare off any of the animals. Bonnie, if a few times, has noticed like a, a small rabbit or a squirrel or something, and you've kind of taken turns, her with the bow and arrow, you with the throwing axes, taking shots. But so far, none of you have actually gotten anything one point though you come up to sort of a um like a cliff is the wrong word but like a like a short cliff that's overlooking a big like clearing in the forest and the two of you kind of come up to this cliff edge and you're looking down at this clearing and you see a pack of wolves who have kind of cornered a deer and the deer is trying to like edge its way out of this clearing, but it keeps getting cut off by the other wolves. Then one of the wolves takes a step forward from the rest of the pack and growls and then just charges straight at the deer. And the deer jumps out of the way of that wolf and is immediately pounced on by the rest of them. At that moment, you make a connection with that wolf that led the charge and you have discovered your totem path, or whatever it's called with your class feature. Nice. What's it called with the class? Path of Totem Warrior. So for the listeners, you want to uh, explain what that does? Uh, Okay, so Path of the Totem Warrior is a spiritual journey as a barbarian accepts a spirit animal as guide, protector, and inspiration. In battle, your totem spirit fills you with supernatural might, adding magical fuel to your barbarian rage. Most barbarian tribes consider a totem animal to be kin to a particular clan. 
in such cases, it is unusual for an individual to have more than one totem animal spirit, though exceptions exist. And what does your wolf totem thing do? While you're raging, your friends have advantage on melee attack rolls against any creature within five feet of you that is hostile to you. The spirit of the wolf makes you a leader of hunters. So the spirit of that wolf who charged the deer really inspired you to make that connection and take the wolf as your spirit animal. Nice. I like that. Uh, The rest of your hunting journey is actually pretty uneventful. You do not end up with anything bagged to bring home, unfortunately, but that's okay because you and Bonnie have really just kind of enjoyed the experience. Like she said, she wasn't actually out to come back with anything, so she's not upset. I don't think you're upset that you're not bringing anything back because there's plenty of food back at the order, but you've had a pretty good morning and you did something different. Woods, you have been going about your routine that you started after your conversation with Quentin a while back of swimming laps in the evening. And... You very often find Quentin there, and you guys don't always talk a whole lot because Quentin's pretty quiet, but you kind of have this bond over your your swim practice where you guys just get your exercise in that way. And one night, you go down to the pool, and quite unusually, on the surface of the water and filling really the whole room is a large cloud of fog. Oh. Uh, Quentin? Hello? Uh, is anyone here? Hello. Uh, And you see Quentin just kind of like emerge from the surface of the water very Uh, close to you through the fog. And it is, uh, it catches you off guard. Oh my, dude, man, what, what is this? I've been trying something. Wallace recently discovered he was able to use his light to do something that didn't hurt him, a way to channel his light into something else. I was trying something similar here in the pool. Wait, but our light, like, closes the rift. What do you mean in a way so it doesn't hurt us? Well, I'm sure you have felt when you have tried to close the rift the same thing that we all have, that there is a bit of... Burning. ...pain and... Uh, it it takes energy away from us. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It, but it it kind of feels good. Indeed, I know how you feel. So I can have that feeling and not hurt myself. Well, it's not quite the same. I I don't have as good a handle on it as Wallace does right now. He seems to have. He can make light from his hands. Show me. She's uh, just like, she is in on this. He he says, well, you're looking at it. This is what you can do? I know. It's not much, but... But this is... Cr- I had no clue you were in here. I couldn't hear you until yes. you were in front of me. I think it could have some advantageous tactical implications, but... I am struggling to get more than this, and this actually took, it took quite a while for me to get a cloud this big, and 
as he's talking to you and no longer focusing on what he's doing, you notice the fog is already dissipating. Okay. Yeah. Show, and, me, show me, buddy, right now. Like, how, And she just like is going to put her hands out. Like, what do I, how do I do this? Well, think of what it normally feels like to use your light to close a rift. And how did Wallace explain it? Try to use the smallest amount possible. Okay. She's going to inherently grab her uh, crescent moon necklace on her neck and she's going to close her eyes and think of like go directly to Lucha and like overthink it like 100% like um, just like she doesn't know how not to do that. Like she's trained herself in a way that she like it's almost like muscle memory. Like she grabs her necklace, she closes her eyes. Mm -hmm. She instantly has these like conversations in her head. So that's what she starts to do. Um, all right, so when you do that, this damage isn't going to stick because this is, there's going to be a lot of time in between, but yeah. roll a d4. Four. Yeah, so that, that hurts. That takes a bit out of you, and the light is there. Okay. You, you start to glow, your necklace starts to glow, and it looks like you're trying to close a rift that isn't there. Okay. And... But really, all you've really accomplished is just kind of draining your own energy. And Quentin says, hmm, tell me, Woods, what what do you think of when you use your light? Um, well, I kind of I kind of meditate to the goddess of the moon. Hmm. And sometimes I, she talks to me. Fascinating. Might I suggest meditation without the goddess do you, are you familiar with mindfulness yeah i know the concept i mean i'm an elf right so i meditate i don't generally sleep all that much i'll just i'll be honest with you i grew up i grew up in the the delray sanctuary and we worshiped the sun goddess so all of our meditation was focused around that so meditating not towards a deity, I don't, and she's like just sitting there and she's like kind of thinking, like I would just, uh, just like think about nothing. Like I learned from the tabaxi, a form of meditation where you focus on your surroundings and your inner thoughts and you don't focus on anything for long. You just let the thoughts move in and out of your head and allow them to simply be. I'm going to be real honest with you. The number of thoughts that go through my head are probably six times the number of thoughts that go through yours. <laughs> so I just don't know how that's going to work. I will try not to take offense to that because I think you meant that more as a joke. I meant that more as my mind races more so than anyone else. So if you were... No, miss, I would have said the same thing. Hmm. I think then that this practice may be even more beneficial to you. Try it for me, Woods. Try simply focusing on your breath. Okay. She's going to instinctively reach for her necklace, but stop. And she's not going to touch her necklace. Um, and she's going to just kind of close her eyes and take a, a deep breath in. Good. 
You should feel your mind beginning to clear. Now, focus on the feeling that the light brings you. Try not to think about Lucha or Sol Pelor. Simply focus on the feeling of the light. And as you're doing that, uh, your eyes are closed, so you don't see it. But Quentin sees that you're beginning to glow. And not like Nomis, who was glowing from his hands. Yours is kind of radiating out from your chest, kind of like close to where your necklace is. Okay. But the epicenter is not in the same spot. Okay. It's closer to your heart. Okay. And as that light begins to grow, you hear Quentin say, that's good, good. Now, envision the water. Picture it flowing, splashing, evaporating, condensing, falling as rain. She's going to go, and and then it's fog. Yes, and... Before you even say that, the the fog cloud has already begun to grow around you. And when you consciously recognize what what he's getting at, almost instantaneously, the room is full of fog, like even more so than it was when you walked in. And she's going to open her eyes and be like, like she is shocked and also can't see her friend. <laughs> uh, Quentin? <laughs> Yes, I'm here, Woods. I think I did it. I think I, I did think it. I think you did, yes. This is wild. Remarkable. Oh, this is this is wild. I think Wallace may want to have a conversation with you. I think he has a performance in mind. Do you guys have any questions on your level up before we begin? Nope. Nope. I'm good. We're good. Uh, I mean, no, my armor class is 26, so I think I'm fine. <laughs> so, uh, just kidding. Um, oh, everyone, my God, the snorts. Everyone have their cards and spell cards and all that jazz that they wanted. We all came prepared. I upgraded your guys' thumbtacks. I still don't have any thumbtacks. Well, I need to figure out what to give you thumbtacks for, because it'd be <laughs> super annoying to have like 30 oh. thumbtacks for your arrows. 40. But that's fine. I don't, need th- I don't need any thumbtacks. So over the last two months, you have been working on your skills, studying at the library, in the quad with Benson and Wallace. During this time, you've also had the chance to test your skills by closing an occasional small rift that opened here or there. Some of those were out when you were on patrols and others in the practice arena under Benson's supervision. He was utilizing that little rift creation device that Damien's been working on. But now we're going to dive back into this story in real time. You have been summoned to handle a larger rift that has opened up on a farmstead in Butchertown. Butchertown is that small town that's right on the outside of Black Bay Harbor. The scene opens, and you guys are galloping hard on your steeds. Benson leading the charge on the back of Frederick. Based on the citizens' chaos, you know you must be getting close. And when you run the corner, you see about a dozen large flightless birds. Think like chickens, but the size of alpacas. And these flightless birds are just running wild throughout the streets. Alleyways, they're <laughs> running into buildings, pushing citizens over. It's a mess. Looking down the road, you see debris scattered everywhere, including some citizens that have obviously been trampled in this stampede. And this is where we're going to roll for initiative. All right. 
Initiative. Ooh, I get to use my new decks. I don't know that again. 19. <laughs> I, it landed weird. Oh, yeah. I've heard that one before. <laughs> uh, six. 19. Who's keeping initiative? Yeah. Uh, okay, so 19, 19, six. And then Benson, you're going to run yourself. So what's your initiative? Uh, so Benson is actually not going to roll initiative because as you all charge into battle, he rides up ahead and kind of heads you off so that you pause for just a second before charging in. And he says, all right, recruits, this looks like our biggest fight yet. You three have impressed me a lot the last couple of months. Show me what you can do. I think you can handle this on your own. I'm going to get some of these people out of here. Um, I don't think that's what we're supposed to do. Close the rift. Kill the Genoa. Save the people. You can handle this. I know you can. We got this. As I strum my lyre. I'll be close by if you need help. The chicken's got a 16. And what are our initiative orders? So it's either Woods or Nomis. They both got 19. I'll let Woods go first. Oh, Woods um, first. Okay. A gentle cat like that. All right. So Woods, Nomis, Chickens, and then Vasa. All right. Well, as she says, close the rift. Um, so she is going to... How does she get through to the... Where's the rift in conjunction with the chickens. You do not see them yet. I don't see the chickens or the rift. You don't see the rift. You just see a bunch of chickens running around in this town, in the alleyways, trying to, they're basically, you're entering into a stampede. I'm going to navigate the stampede and go find the rift. Are you staying on your horse or are you jumping off? I'm going to stay on my horse. So you're going to use your movement to try to... I'm just going to go forward. All right. Can I discern which way I feel like they came from? Yeah, they're all running one direction. I'm going to run in that direction. Or run the direction they came from. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Go yeah. ahead and roll a dexterity saving throw and an animal handling check. Uh, Dexterity saving throw is going to be a 25, and my animal handling is a 19. Yeah, you're able to navigate between these chickens, or these large flightless chickens, with your horse, and you don't fall off. So you're able to move quite a bit of ways down, you definitely see that there's about two dozen of them. Some of them are in the road. Some have peeled off. And you see, like, wagons that are broken, fences that have been knocked over. But you're able to navigate through. Do I see the rift? You do not see the rift yet. Okay. By the way, my horse's name is Glinda. But you do see something else. What do I see? On the road, further up, you see a dark-looking figure. And as you get closer to it, it looks kind of like, picture like a scorpion mixed with a spider. Okay. And it has the very traditional smoky body. Okay. And you just know that this is a Denoa. And it's got eight legs that are just running along chasing these chickens. Eight legs and a big tail. Eight legs and a big tail. it's also scorpion. Yeah. Uh, do I have an action? You do. You just moved. So you have an action still. Okay. On my horse, I see this. For the fun of it, I'm going to uh, pump an arrow into him on the horse. So while you're riding, you're shooting an arrow. Natty 20. All right. <laughs> so it'll be a 27. Actually, yeah. That's going to hit. And then do you remember how we do... Um... How we do damage. I take the max damage, which is 12, plus I get to roll, which is my D8. 7 plus 3 is 10. So 22 damage. Deals a nice, huge hit on this scorpion <laughs> spider. He doesn't really seem to notice because he's kind of was chasing right after a chicken, but he kind of slowed down a little bit. Okay. No miss. So to be clear, the chicken things are not Denoa. Chicken things are not Denoa. Okay. I was thinking they were Denoa for some reason. Glad I asked. Do I see the Scorpion King? Not yet because 
Woods had used her full movement to gallop up there. If you want to try to follow Woods, you're welcome to. Um, that's up to you. Yeah, I'm definitely following Woods up there. You need to make a dexterity check and an animal handling check, unless you're not taking your horse. Then you want to take the animal handling. Oh, I'm definitely taking my horse. Okay. Are you faster than a horse? How fast is a horse? Faster than you. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, so dexterity. Remind me again how I, I do that. Uh, D20 plus like your dexterity. Modifier? Yep. That's it? Okay. 19. Yep. And then your animal handling to see if your horse is going to obey you through this stampede. My horse's name is Cradle. Cradle? The cat's in the cradle. Cat's yeah. in the <laughs> cradle. And I have a silver spoon. In the silver spoon. All right. Now that that's over the way. Something with the man and the moon. Four. Um, with Cradle your, is not happy. With your dexterity, you are able to manage just fine as you get bucked off of this horse. So you did not make it up to Woods, which is why I haven't seen that scorpion spider monster yet. But you landed right in the middle and you did this like this cool somersault. Yeah, I'm an entertainer. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm acrobatic. And your horse kind of just took off with that stampede because it knows that something's wrong because everything's running the same direction. And it's like, I don't want to go against it. I'm going to get out of here. So you're now a horseless. Man. Okay. So my movement's done. Your movement's done. Do I see woods? I would say with the stampede, you're not, you can roll a perception check to see if you want to see through the stampede. I do. Okay. 10. (laughs) (laughs) Does not compute. You can kind (laughs) of catch glimpses of the horse, but it's always like you see it and then you don't see see it as these chickens are crossing the road. And you just can't quite make it out. Okay. I guess that's my turn. Okay. And now we're on to chickens, I think. Yep. Chickens are going to continue running around aimlessly. Gnomus, since you are in the center of the roadway, you need to make a dexterity saving throw to see if you get trampled. Ooh, boy. Seven. You're going to take... <laughs> this, is, this is how Gnomus dies. Death by... Chicken, chicken trample. Chicken. <laughs> chicken. Change, oh, damn. Sounds like what? Sounds four... like an insult. You chicken trample. You. Ch- <laughs> I love it. You're gonna take four bludgeoning damage as All your right. tail gets stepped on by a chicken. Oh. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> that came out horrible. That came out so bad. <laughs> and I think that brings us up to Vaso. Yep. Uh, so Vaso is so his horse's name since Benson took Frederick. Unfortunately, um, his horse's name is Willie, and he is going to stay on the horse, and he's going to try to follow Woods. All right, same thing. You're going to make a dexterity check, followed by an animal handling. I love when my boys follow me. Yeah. I don't know if I made the right decision. Uh, 17. (laughs) Okay, that was your dexterity. Okay. And then what was the next one? Animal handling. Animal handling. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. Oh, crit fail. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing happens, but the skill check, you don't, you actually do crit fails, but you pull out into this roadway to like start going after woods and you see Nomis fall off his horse and you're like, it draws your attention and you just run your horse right into one of these chickens. So obviously you just go tumbling over the top of it and land right next to Nomis. All right. And then you see him get stepped on. (laughs) (laughs) So that's been your movement. Your horse takes off. So you're now also horseless. Okay. You still have an action if you want one. Um, I am going to, I, uh, I'm going to get up and I'm just going to start running towards, um, where Woods, Woods head. So you're just using your action to stand up. Yep. How do we know that these chickens aren't Danoa? So Danoa always have the same sort of dark, shadowy. Okay. The kind of glow in a dark way. Yeah. Like, okay. oh, that's like a, a dark glow Okay. about them. And these chickens, they look just like normal. Large. 
large alpaca chickens. Alpaca chickens, yeah. Chicken pack. Chicken pack. Chicken pack. Can we call them chicken packs? Sure. Do we know? If, do we know if there's like a chicken farm nearby or? As you say that, go ahead and roll a perception check. It's that Tyson Purdue farm down the road, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, great! Not a crit fail. Yeah, you don't know. You're very uh, just distracted and trying not to get trampled by these chickens. Well, I'm glad I'm getting these terrible rolls out of the way. All right, yeah. and that brings me up to our monsters, which you can add monsters to our initiative now. They got a four, and you just shot an arrow at one, Correct. and it definitely didn't like that. So what it does is it starts climbing up one of the houses okay. with its eight legs. It has spider climbability, so it starts climbing up it, but then it looks at you, and it lets out a big breath weapon. But what happens when it does its breath weapon is a bunch of other little tiny oh. versions of it. <laughs> oh, no. You. Come spewing out, and they are all going to attack you before they uh, start running off in their own defense. Are we talking like hundreds or just a couple? Picture hundreds. I'm just going to roll four and combine their like okay. damage together just so we're not sitting here and having me roll dice over and over and over and over again because that would be very annoying. Quality D&D. That's what that is. So we're going to do four bite attacks on you. I got an eight, a crit. A nine and a nine. So I think I just hit you with one of them. Uh, like a natty 20 you had? A natty 20. Yeah, that hits. The rest fail. You take five piercing damage and go ahead and roll a constitution saving throw. 17. You are fine. I forgot. You do take four poison damage also. So nine damage total, but you staved off actually becoming poisoned. Okay. Benson, what are you doing? Benson is doing sort of like the rounds on the horse. He is staying back from the action trying to round up some of the loose chickens to keep them from doing more damage to people and property. He is keeping an eye on the party as they are proceeding and does not look uh, super inspired at the moment, but he's not interfering yet. Brings us back to the top of the order. You've got a bunch of swarms of little scorpion spiders on you. They're on me. Well, I had to bite you somehow. If I ride my horse really fast, will they come off? You could try that. I want to try that. And I want to give them like a good shake. Like <laughs> I want to see if I can get these things off of me. Ride with the wind, Glinda. All right. So another dex and animal handling. Correct. Uh, so is it save? They're saving throws? They are saving throws. Okay. So then that is a, oh my God, 17 and 6, 26, 25? 23. I liked 25 better, <laughs> to be honest with you. All right. So 23 on dex. And ooh, animal handling a four. So you kick your horse to like start riding away, but it also got bit, so it's very Glenda. freaked out. So it just bucked up. Okay. And you just fall right off the back of it. And then Glenda just takes off like the wind. <laughs> Glenda. Um, so you fall on your back and you're in the middle of this kind of stampede also now, but you're not quite as uh, in the mix of it because you're up by the Danoa now. Do I still have an action or am I done? You still have an action. I'm going to shoot another arrow in this guy. He's going to have... I mean, as an action, can I physically pull the little Genoa's off me? Yes, you can. Can I crush them with my hands? How little are they? I mean, yeah, they'd be small enough you could crush a couple of them. I want to do that. Go ahead and roll a D4 to see how many you crush. Four. So you're able to quickly crush the ones that are around you. Really, you're just like rolling around <laughs> so, that, yeah. so that you just like get all of them because they were all over your body. Perfect. And I'm like, ah, oh, oh. And that brings us up to, I think, Gnomus. Gnomus. Uh, so I'm going to use my cat agility and just run straight ahead to get out of these chickens. So I can run like 60 feet. 
Okay, the chickens are kind of everywhere, though. Dang it. Some of them are on the road. Some are even in the alleyways. Like, they were kind of running down. You picture it like they were running down this main roadway. And then as they saw, like, exits, they were taking them. And then they found dead ends. So then they turned around and, like, you know, so it's kind of chaotic at the moment. Okay. So am I, like, pinned by these chickens? No, you can still move if you want to. I just, I don't think with 60 feet you're going to get out of it. So I'm trying to portray. I'm going to, I guess, use my 30 feet and try to get out of this. Coop. <laughs> Where are you going to get out of it? I mean, looking at this image, it looks, are there houses nearby or yeah. like a fence? Yeah, there's going to be houses nearby. It's not going to really be too Is many. it a picketed fence or like something I could stand on? You can try, yeah. I'm dexterous enough. Yeah, I want to jump on the fence and- Try to just get a little yeah, bit above the ground the level. Fence. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to jump on the fence and then try to run down the fence. Yeah, I'm All a right. cat. I can do it. Yeah, you probably can. And I'm going to sing while I do it. Very cat burglar <laughs> of you. Yeah. Right? So as you jump up on the fence, you are able to see Woods now about, I would say she's probably 60 feet down because she was able to get a full movement with her horse. I mean, she's laying on the ground, rolling around on the ground. Fantastic. All right, so am I able to move 30 feet closer? Yeah, you can move. Okay. Anything else with your actions? What do I see 30 feet ahead of me? All right, go ahead and roll a perception check. I just like picture Nomis in like a Jack Sparrow run across <laughs> the top of what he's his doing. fence. Like, you know. Dun, 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 dun. What am I rolling again? Perception. <laughs> 12. With the 12, you're looking around and it's really like kind of chaotic and you can't quite tell what's happening. But then you hear Amelia's voice on a little stone that you have tied around your wrist. And she says, no, miss, there's a Danoa down two streets to the left. It appears as trapped some children. As you see an air elemental ship kind of pass overhead and you recognize that Amelia has now caught up to you guys and she is providing aerial support. Nice. We got like Dick Tracy watches. Correct. They're like fantasy walkie talkies. They're called stones of sending. Okay. So can I use a bonus action to move an additional 30 feet or dash? Yep. You can use the dash ability as your action. Okay. And I want to go between the houses that Amelia said, like go to the left. So you go down Jump two off streets, the fence, go to the left. Okay. Go down the street. And then what you'll see is there is a handful of children and they have one of those big guys kind of looming over them, which you can't quite get to yet because you just moved all of your movement and stuff. But yep. um that's what you see. Okay. For next round. Cool. Chickens. Chickens are running around. Fasa, you actually see one just completely demolish that fence that Nomus was running on, but it was like right as Nomus was running <laughs> and then like <laughs> jumped off into like a somersault over it, and then the chicken just smashed into that fence. You are still kind of in the mix of it, so you need to roll a dexterity saving throw. Uh, six plus two is eight. Cold dice today. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Cold is, I should have been a freaking bard. So you take six bludgeoning damage as you get uh, slightly trampled by a large, what do we call them? Chapaka. A Chapaka. All right, and that brings us up to Vaso's turn. All right, so Vaso, I mean, he takes that hit, and then he's going to use a dash to try to catch up to uh, Woods. So you're just going to start running against this crowd of chickens? Yeah. All right, sounds good. Go ahead and roll a dexterity saving throw as you are just running down the roadway. Roll for Chipaka. Roll for Chipaka. Uh, two plus <laughs> two, and Golly. I'm gonna use I'm gonna use inspiration. inspiration. Yeah. Right. Twenty. Natty twenty. Nice. Right. Yes. That um, is how that is supposed to work. See, yeah, it's exactly. all about timing. You gotta be patient. I I struggle so. with that. You know this, Nicholas. So as you're running through this crowd, you actually trip over a stone. 
but you're able to catch yourself. But then you realize like when you had like stumbled over, Alchapaca had just like jumped right over you. So you would have been taken out by this thing, but you were able to successfully navigate it and you get up to about 10 feet before Woods, who's laying on the ground because again, her horse was a little bit faster than you're running. So that brings us up to our monsters. Monster that has already done its breath weapon. I need to roll to see if it gets it back. He, he does not, but it, it's going to continue growling over the house into the alleyway behind it so you guys can no longer see it because it's blocked by the house. Gnomus, the one that you see, is going to continue to attack the children because it hasn't noticed you yet. And you see it kind of like grab onto this small elven child, but then this dwarf kind of comes in and just like starts wrestling with it. But you see that he really gets clipped pretty hard on one of his arms. And he's already starting to bleed a little bit, but he's not letting go of this child. And that's what the monsters are doing. My turn. Uh, yep. Yes. Uh, uh, Benson, actually. Benson, you doing anything? Benson's uh, just kind of just off stage, taking care of the, the chaos that is not in your immediate vicinity. Do I know about this air elemental backup? You do. This airship backup? Yep. Do I know how to activate it? You just need to talk into the stone. Okay. I'm going to talk into the stone. Uh, Amelia, wood's down on the ground. Where You got a 20 on this rift? Rift looks like it's about five streets up on the right. Uh, There's a large farmstead. All right. Is there a capability for her to come overhead, drop something down that I can just like loop on and her fly me over there? Uh, No. Okay. We, I like the thought. We need to work on that. That's what I would like to bring over the next couple of months is that capability. Um, do I have a horse near me? Your horse has taken off. You have some. How big are these chapacas? How big are they? They are about the size of a, a paca. I'm going to jump on a chapaca and we're going to see if I can get us in that direction. All right. You are going to roll animal handling with disadvantage. What? <laughs> the chapaca and I go way back. <laughs> My people used to raise them. You're not selling. Oh. Yeah, I am. Oh, I'm nice. dropping a bead. <laughs> You're dropping a bead. I'm okay. dropping a bead. So you got to explain your history with chapacas. So I grew up in a mountainous community. And one of the things that our, the Delray Sanctuary is known for is the breeding of chapacas. So since a child, I have been around the chapaca. I know how to feed them, take care for them. I know every single like way to ride it, mount, dismount. I am one with the chapaca, as you would say. So you're one with the chapaca. So you know that they are the main supplier of the beast wings. Yes, I'm well aware of this. So I know like just how to handle them. So go ahead and roll your animal handling. Just I'll give you advantage because you used a bead. That's a six. That's a six. I thought, I'm like, that's missing a one. That's a six with my roll we're gonna roll again. And a three. Glad you got advantage. All right. So that was my, you wanted animal handling or dexterity? Animal handling. That was a eight. With your awesome history of working with these chapacas. You're able to mount onto this chapaca and you turn to Vasa and you're like, Vasa, we're going. And then it just freaks out because it sees that scorpion uh -huh. spider thing and it just starts running like as you're looking at Vaso. So you like just kind of like somersault off the back of it. Then <sighs> it is gone. All right, my next turn. I'm going to get back on one. So that was your action. That's my action. To try to jump on a uh, alpaca? No, I'm just going to, I guess I'm going to spend, I'm, I guess I'm just going to try to move towards another one. 
a nice strong steady one like i'm trying to pick one other crowd <laughs> that i feel like so you'll get advantage again is that what you're trying to yeah, say yeah that's what i'm trying to say okay. sounds good so that's what i'm going to spend my movement doing that um so my in ready action okay sounds so good. if a good one comes near me i'm jumping on um uh, where we go uh no miss all right so this scorpion thing has the child in its claw so it has reached out and kind of bit it it's got like a long neck on it and it was able to bite the child, but then you see this like a middle-aged dwarf guy come running out, and he's like got his arm around the elven child, and he's trying to like open the jaws up, and he's just getting all sort of gnarly bit up and stuff, but he's not like letting go of the kid. Okay, I'm going to try a new spell, enlarge, reduce, and I'm going to sing Tiny Dancer and try to shrink the scorpion thing. Okay, what does the scorpion have to do? Constitution saving throw. It got a 20 on its constitution saving throw. <laughs> Not a natural, but just a, a normal. I assume that's above your spell safety. DC. Yeah, it does nothing. It doesn't have any effect on a fail? Nope. You got uh, your action. You still have a movement and a bonus action. Uh, I guess as my movement, I want to get between the scorpion and the kids. So you're going to try to run up to the... F- business and the front end of this scorpion monster and get the rest of the kids behind you. And then you'll have to try to mess with the child that's kind of in its jaws. Yeah, I think Nomis would try to free the child. Sounds good. So you're running and getting in position for next round. Uh, Chickens, they're just running around. Nobody's in the street anymore. I guess two people are still in the street. Mel, would you ready to action though? So you can have advantage on your dexterity saving throw. If you pass it, you'll grab one of them. Okay. Vaso... You just have a straight dexterity saving throw. 18. Vasa's successfully able to dodge and weave out of the way. 22. Since you were trying to capture one, you're able to actually grab onto yes. one as it runs by. Is it beefy? Yeah, it's beefy. Yeah. It was getting ready for harvest. And that brings us to, I think, Vasa? Yep. Uh, so Vasa sees wood hop on this. Uh, Chipaka. Ch- Chipaka. <laughs> and, like, and she just takes off. Well, technically, I somersaulted off. <laughs> I'm not actually on it anymore. You're on well, it now. You're, you're on the new one. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. on the new one. So he knows nothing about Chapacas, so he's not even gonna try. He's just gonna run. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I vision like you running past me and me in this Chapaca, like serpentining <laughs> to, to get where we need to go. We get there at the same time. <laughs> like, no, he gets there first. Like. So yeah, I'll, run, I'll, I'll just keep running, I guess. Sounds good. You use your movement speed. You're about halfway, and you could start seeing the rift. Okay. Um, so you kind of got out of like the main, quote-unquote, downtown area of Butchertown, and you see this big farmstead. And when you get there, you see that part of the fence where the alpacas normally are has been completely destroyed. And then you see kind of a rift, kind of like in the middle of the field. Do I see any Denoa? You do not see any Denoa. Um, At least not yet. Well, okay. So how how far away, how far have I moved? Did I use a dash or was that just a record? I assume you used a dash. Okay. And you're still about forty feet from the rift. Okay, that'll be my turn. Can't don't have anything else to do. Monsters. Monster is gonna. This one's gonna be moving around doing something behind the scenes because you guys can't see him anymore. And the one that is by Nomis is going to continue to try to pull on the child. It's going to do a, let's do a competing strength check against you. <laughs> Perfect. Nick, why don't you roll a strength check for the dwarf? Oh, great. Crit fail. Okay. Do I even need a roll? That's three <laughs> crit fails for I mean, me there's tonight. two people pulling against Nicholas, it, so you can. Change your dice. Two. <laughs> Use that one. 
Well, you guys are able to successfully pull <laughs> this child because I Jeez. got a I got a one, but it's got a negative two straight. Oh. <laughs> so I got a negative one. Um, so you're able to successfully pull this wow. child out what of a the sight. out of the jaws. <laughs> Weakness <laughs> over there. that child. <laughs> and it's like we, oh, we both had <laughs> yeah. a one and a two. Yeah. Which beat a negative one. Wow. Negative one. I was like, That's... how is this going to happen? But yeah, negative one. It happened. One. There we go. Yeah. Welcome um, to D&D. So yeah. it uh, lost its meal, and it's upset about it, so it's going to use its breath weapon. So same thing as happens to Woods. It looks at you and kind of like lets out this roar, and uh, like a hundred of these little tiny scorpion spiders come out of its mouth. For simplicity, I'm just going to roll four of them. Roll a d4, Ryan. We'll see how many are going to actually attack you versus the citizens. Three. Three. Okay. So you're going to get attacked by three, and then the citizens will get hit by another one. We'll see if the child survives. Uh, actually, just at that moment, that one that's attacking the citizens gets hit with a knife that was flying through the air, and Benson's back. Because this is not going well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, it's going great. For the Benson comes in and just starts getting whatever civilians are left out of the way. And he looks at you and says, not bad so far. Get up, get up to the rift. Make sure you close it. Uh, one of them aye, hit, aye, Captain. One of them hit you for one of them, a 22, and then I got a four and an eight. So the 22 hits you. You take two piercing damage and seven poison damage. And go ahead and roll a constitution saving throw. Mm-mm-mm. 18. You are able to stave off whatever venom that it injected into you. And then the big guy is going to, well, he let out its roar, and then it's going to run away from you as it lets its children take care of you. And that brings us up to... Woods. All right, so me and the Chapaca, named Charlie, Charlie the Chapaca. All right, we're headed up the five blocks over to the left. How far do I get? (laughs) Roll the animal handling at advantage. Much better. 21. First, it's serpentine going back and forth, like you said, but then you realize, and they're like, hey, you calmed it down. You don't seem to know. Uh, I pet it under its ear. Pet it under its ear. That's what it has to do. Yep. And then you're able to just run past Vasa, and you can make it all the way to the rift if you wanted to. I do. You have that movement speed. Okay. I'd like to go all the way to the rift. And then as my action, I want to cast Rift Stitch. Okay. Now, I do want to point out on the Rift Stitch card, if you look at the bottom of it, there is at higher levels. What does that say? A player, a player may choose to use as many D4 as their current player level. So I'm a level four, so now I can roll my D4 four times. Yeah, so you can choose to cast it basically at a fourth level because you're four levels. So if you want to roll 44 and have that damage go towards the rift, you can. But obviously you don't have to because it's your hit point. Like, it's your yeah. health also. Um, I think she's going to go for the gusto and roll all four. So I got a one, a two... A three and a three. Nine. Okay. So I take nine hit points, right? Is take that how nine hit points, and then you see a large portion of the rift kind of start to shrink down. Do I have time to talk or no? Yeah, you do. If I talk in my bead, everyone can hear me? Yes. Guys, get to the rift. What are we doing? Not everybody can ride an, uh, a chicken. Whatever you call that. A chicken catch Tory. Not everyone can ride one of those. Not everybody can ride a chalupa. <laughs> can that please be the episode title? Not, Not everyone, everyone can ride, can ride a chalupa. chalupa. Brings us up to Nomis, I think. All right. So Scorpion King's running away. 
Yep. Squirming King's running away, and you've got three swarms of the small ones. Who's within five feet of me? Probably the dwarf that's carrying this elven child at this point, because the elven child is pretty much in shock, and the dwarf is looking like he's injured, but he's also, you know, like he's still coherent. So they are within five feet? Just there, because you were right next to him trying to help, you know, pull him off. Can I stomp on these? Yeah, you can use your action to stomp them out. Same thing as Sam. Roll the D4 to see how many you're able to target. Two. So you're able to take out two of them. I'll say you were focusing on the ones that were on the citizens or closer to the citizens. Okay. And that's your action. So you still have a movement and a bonus action. Um, I don't know. I don't think I can do much with a bonus action. I'm assuming that Gruff Dwarf can handle this small scorpion thing. I got a mission to do. As a reminder, they can't because they don't have the gift of light. Dang it. They could take damage, but they can't actually physically hurt them. Okay. So stomping was my action. Correct. I guess I'm going to make sure this other one doesn't get near him. I ain't doing that. <laughs> I guess I'm just going to get in front of it. All right. So you're going to stay focused with the citizens and protect them right now? Yes. Okay. Sounds good. Chickens are... You start seeing that Benson has started to kind of round up the chickens. He's still on Frederick. Chapaca. Chapacas. Sorry. Benson's gotten back on his horse, Frederick. And he's kind of rounding up the Chewbacca's. Uh, so Vato's going to continue going towards the rift. And um, once she gets, how far away was he's he? He's about 40 feet from it. So your movement speed would get you within 10 feet. Okay. Yeah. So he's going to get up really close and then you're going to try to stitch the rift. All right. You haven't done it yet. I so know, right? what, I is, gotta... what is Vato's thing? What is he doing to try to uh, close this rift? He's just going to think about protecting, or he's going to think about, you know, just protecting people. Like okay. that, that's going to be like in his mind. It's like, I'm here to protect people. All right. So he's here to protect people. So you're like trying to do like this calming, like I'm going to protect my friends and all that. And like nothing's happening. And then eventually you just get frustrated and angry like a barbarian would. And you just start like shouting. Yeah. <laughs> and then as you start feeling like that rage kind of boil up into you, that's like when oh. you start to feel some of it coming out of you. Okay. So you're, if you want, you can enter a rage. Yeah. What are you doing down there? I'm giving him the rift stitch ability. Oh. Because I haven't done it yet. <laughs> yep. What? Are, oh. What are all those other things you have? Well, my light shield and my soul taunt. Oh. Yeah, he's got other ones. Wow. Um, so I feel left out. <laughs> you, I don't even have any pins, okay? So same thing. You're not in a rage quote unquote, like the D&D rage, but it's that same type of feeling like you're starting to get angry and worked up and you just want this rift to close. And then that's kind of like, okay. <laughs> like you just, I so just, you just, you, so you just get kind of angry. Yeah. I picture you like, uh, it's a riff rage, rift rage, yeah. riff rage <laughs> screaming at it. And it, it, then it's like scared of you <laughs> basically. Right. Um, it's going to take the full action like normal. The first time you learn how to do it. Okay. And I'm going to let you roll 1d4 because it's the first time you've casted it. So you haven't quite figured out how to tap into your uh, life force yet. One. Well, you close it a little bit. I take one damage. You take one damage. And that brings us up to my scorpion spiders. The little one's going to attack Gnomus, the little swarm. Uh, 21 to hit, I assume hits. Yep, yep. Three piercing damage and eight poison damage. Go ahead and roll a constitution saving throw. Gnomus isn't looking too great. Well, is dilly dallying back there? Look, I may dilly, but I never dally. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what am I doing? Uh, you keep distracting me. The so. rolls up. Thirteen. Feel that poison kind of enter your body, but you're able to <laughs> stave it off. <laughs> and what would you do if poison enters your body? 
I don't know. I just pictured you would shiver. But I'm so happy <laughs> this is just a podcast. Melwood, you see, since Vasa is now focused on the rift, uh-huh. and you're a little bit more proficient at it, you see that a the one that you had shot has started seeing you guys closing the rift, and it is now charging at you guys, but it's still quite a ways away, but it's moving in your direction. Okay, I'm still going to close the rift. That's fine. I was just letting you know that the uh, enemy is closing, closing in, in. on you guys. Okay, I'm going to give it a kind of a side eye, and I'm I'm actually, I'm going to whisper, whisper in my bracelet. A okay. little backup would be, would be great, and then I'm going to concentrate again, holding my necklace at the rift. Okay, how many dice are you rolling? I'm going to roll all four, and I got a four. A four, a one, and a three. Twelve. The rift does stitch closed, so you're able to successfully close the rift. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Just counting all my hit points. Um, She just keeps trying to solo these rifts. (laughs) She's going to drop to her knees. Okay. Is she conscious or no? She's she's very conscious, but she's just exhausted. Sounds good. Take no other action. Uh, Can I check in for a second and ask what? What monsters are still on the battlefield? We have one of the large scorpion spiders that has noticed the rift was getting close, so it's charging Vaso and Woods up in the farmstead. We have another scorpion spider, a big boy, that is wandering around, and you can hear citizens screaming in terror. And then there's one little swarm that is uh, attacking Domus. Okay, I think at this point, Benson has engaged with the bigger, the the one that's currently unattended, the scorpion spider. Yep, sounds good. The bigger one that's kind of running around and causing havoc. And he is keeping it busy so that it's minimizing damage going on. No miss. So as I recall, maybe I'm wrong, when the rift closes, do the Denoa get weaker? Yes, so you would notice- Do what I know, Yeah. You would know from the last two months as you guys are like training and trying things out and practicing rifts that one of the reasons you want to close the rift first is because once that like rip and fabric is closed, they start losing vitality. Like you can see that they actually get pained when that rift gets closed. Cool. Do I get a sense that the rift's closed? Do I know that enough by looking at the Denoa? Like, do I see them getting weaker? I would say at this point you wouldn't because, again, even though we're going in order, everything's kind of happening at the same time. So Woods had just closed the rift. You can't see that. It wouldn't have had enough time to really react, if that makes sense. Yep. Nope. Perfect. So I guess I'm going to stomp out these last spider wing scorpion things. As your action, you're going to stomp them out. And then run to where we were originally headed. If I can dash, that would be cool, or use my feline agility. Okay. Just run 60 feet towards where we Originally going. So you run back out of the alley and you make like a sliding turn into the main street and you start running. And after you were running for a while, you realize, oh, the Chapacas are not really here anymore. And then you look back around and you see like Frederick is just like running by himself at this point because Benson's engaged in battle. So you see this lone horse. <laughs> Actually, I, I realized that Benson was in the middle of rounding up the Chapacas when he engaged with that monster. He is still on Frederick and corralling these Chapacas while engaging with this giant monster. And it's it's a sight to see because he's leading this pack of giant chickens as he rides a horse at the like front of it. And he's like just throwing knives at the at the big monster, keeping it distracted while leading a pack of like twelve of these things around in a circle and confusing it. 
Chapakas are following Benson around, so that brings us up to Vaso. Okay. Um, so does Vaso see if there one scorpion spider coming towards us? Yep. And how far away is it? Um, it's probably about 30 feet. You probably would close the distance because it's running at you. If you wanted to run at it, you'd make it in time. Okay. And I see that Wood, is, is, is he going after me or Wood, or do I know? You guys are both kind of next to each other. Okay. All right, yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm just going to charge right at him and just um, when I get into distance, I'm going to swing my axe at him. All right, go ahead. Which I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm using an axe now. All right. That's like, just, a, you know. like a lumberjack axe or like a great axe? Great axe. <gasps> Ooh. I'm stepping it up. Fancy. All right, go ahead and roll your attack. Uh, 16 plus 5 is 21. That hits. And then I roll a 1d12. Wow. Yeah. He is a barbarian. Four plus three. He's a skinny barbarian. Yeah. Uh, seven total damage. Okay. So you like do this run up to it and you just chop off one of its legs and it's got seven more. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and in response, since it's its turn, it is going to try to bite you once and then it's going to hit you with a one of its other claws. A non-natural 20 for the bite, I assume, hits. You take four piercing damage and 12 poison damage, and go ahead and roll a constitution saving throw. Uh, 19. All right, and you feel that venom kind of enter your body, but you're able to push it off just like everyone else has. Um, and then its claw kind of <laughs> just hits you because you chopped off one of its legs and the other one's right there and it just backhands you. It's going to hit you because it rolled a 21, and you take six bludgeoning damage as you get kind of knocked back a bit. And that's its turn. I think we're up to woods. Okay, Vaso is between me and this scorpion situation. Correct. I am going to retreat. Is there a house or... I'd like to take cover, but I would like to be within 120 feet. Yeah, you'd be able to find... You're in a farmstead, and there's a like the farmhouse. Okay. And you're able to like kind of peek around like the deck, so yep. you can look out and you can shoot from cover. That's what I'd like to do. I'd like to go there, and then I would like to shoot. From cover. Go ahead and roll your attack. Seven or a ten to hit. That misses. Okay. You hit it, but it just bounces off of its scaly armor. Okay. Shell. And then I'm gonna return to cover. Um, alpacas are running around, but they're fine under Benson, so no miss. Uh, do I see the big scorpion thing? Yep, you see it in the distance. How far away? It took you guys a full dash to get there, so you're still probably sixty feet away. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna move like ten feet closer. And yep. cast Dissonant Whispers. All right. And I have to roll something. It wisdom. needs Wisdom Saving Throw. And I'm just going to do it as a level one. Okay. Make that clear. Uh, four. It failed. So it takes 3d6 psychic damage. That is not a d6. <laughs> that is not a d6. <laughs> You're only rolling two dice. Uh, seven and five. So 12 damage. And it says it must immediately use its reaction, if available, to move as far as its speed allows away from you. Okay. Woods, you shoot your arrow and it bounces off its shell and kind of like goes up in the air and you're like, ah, I missed it. And then it just falls down (laughs) dead (laughs) as the dissonant whispers took the last of its health. So we have cleared our combat. What happens as soon as the monsters are clear of the battlefield? Benson is still leading this pack of Chupacas and manages to calm it down now and kind of gather them in one place as a 
dwarf with a very like messy beard comes running up and says, "My Chipakas, that's my livelihood. I swear, if I get my hands on that son of a dagnabbit that broke my gate down and set him loose, I'm gonna make him pay." Alas, the bard is needing a break, so I, your humble innkeeper, shall give a few announcements. Hey guys, it's Sam. I just wanted to take a quick moment and thank you so much for listening. If you hadn't had the opportunity yet, we really strongly encourage you to check out our website at caradresstales.com. You'll find links there for our Discord and our Instagram. Go ahead and follow us at at caradresstalesdnd. This is where we post a lot of funny in-studio videos and um, photos of us here. Thank you so, so much for following along on this journey. I cannot believe we're already knee-deep in season two. Again, we really appreciate that you can do anything with your time and you're choosing to spend it with us. I hope you enjoy the show. Great. It appears the bard is back and ready to continue his tale. So you guys have successfully closed the rift and Woods... Nomis and Vaso, you guys are standing in a field that is a farmstead. About three sections, like three eight-foot sections of the fence have just been obliterated by what you assume is some sort of stampede or the Danoa or something like that. And then you see Benson with Frederick just galloping on down the main road with a series of chapacas behind him. Uh, so I'm going to go out and like by like where the fences got knocked over. And I'm going to kind of help guide the Chapacas in, like, be like, you know, cattle or whatever you call it in. to Shepherd. Yeah, shepherd them in. Yeah, I'm going to try to Pied Piper them in with my music. How are you doing that? You know, like skipping, playing, trying to, you know. <laughs> Make noise so they don't go towards you, but another yeah, direction. Okay. Absolutely. So Woods is hanging out by the fence. Um, she having a hard time breathing, just kind of like, like knees you know, head between her knees. She's just focusing on being alive currently. Okay. Yeah. So as uh, Nomis and Vaso, you're helping herd these chickens back into the pen. The dwarf who was in a panic comes over and he says, well, thank you. I really appreciate the help getting these uh, chipakas back in the pen here. Did you say someone broke your fence? Yes, someone did. That's what started all this nonsense. Who who broke it? Do you know? I don't know, but if I find out, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> you seem to take delight in maybe not knowing what you're going to do. Oh, it's it's not delight. I, these things are these things are my livelihood. These things are worth a lot of money. I just you know, if I if I find out who tried to, to come after my livelihood, it, I, if it was one of my rival farmers, I, well, let's just say I've been, I've, I've thought of some other ways I could get, get rival farmers back if they ever chose to, uh, take a, take a, a shot against me. Why, why do you have rival farmers? Like what's? The Chapaca game is a, a competitive market. I, I had no idea. I got the best Chapacas for, for, for Chapaca wings in the city. Do you supply the heavenly cloud 
with their uh, wings and such? Uh, Heaven's Cloud. I think that's. I think they're on my list of buyers. I mean, they were tasty. I had them there. It's, they were tasty. Oh, good. Yeah. If those were mine, they're they're the best in the city. Sorry. What What was your name? Norgill. Norgill. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Now let's uh let, let's see if we can get this this fence patched up so they don't escape again. Yeah. Luckily, my uh friend Vaso here is a excellent constructor of fences. Uh, Vasho's gonna be like, I, I am. <laughs> you grew up on a farm, right? You know some. Oh, okay, fences. yeah, yeah, I guess so. Mending yeah. fences. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Vasho's gonna try to mend the fence. Um, what sh- should I roll? <laughs> yeah, let's do. I'm thinking either history or survival, whichever one you want. You're either remembering uh, yeah, the skills hit- you grew up with, or you're uh, yeah, let's trying do- to work them now. Let's do a history check. Okay. Uh, I rolled a three plus one with a four. <laughs> uh, Norgil the dwarf is watching you attempt to repair his fence, and he says, "You're a you're a farm boy." Uh, y- yes, sir. Were you? Did, we didn't. Were have, you a good we, farm yeah, boy? We, is that uh, why you're not a farm boy anymore? Well, no. Like we just haven't had to. I haven't had to fix many fences because we haven't had many incidents where I'm from. With that, Woods is going to like kind of, she's gathered herself and she's like, what is he doing? And she's going to get up and clearly with all of her established knowledge of Chapacas, she would have fixed a Chapaca fence once or twice in her past. So I would like to roll to help fix the fence. Okay. You can roll with advantage. Thank you. That's what I was waiting for. Oh. Ah. What was I rolling? History. Ah, 14. You will be able to help Vaso, and you realize he was trying to like put the fence together with pieces that had just been broken, so they're way too short. And you see that he has a like a stack of wood designed to be able to repair fences. So you like grab stuff and you start working through repairing the fence. Um, two of you that are helping to repair the fence, roll perception for me. Twenty-two. Uh, nineteen. Okay, you both notice as you're repairing the fence that there is some like burnt scraps of like paper and cardboard on the ground near where the fence is broken and they're they're kind of like colorful and they're just in little pieces and they're like singed around the edges do we feel like the fence was like it was a like an explosion a little bomb that went off no because none of the fence is burned huh so it's like singed cardboard and paper is that we said Mm-hmm. Just li- little tiny bits of it, just like on the ground, like kind of near where the fence is broken. What? Like confetti? Kinda. Okay, like big confetti. Do we know if that's, like that confetti is from like the Danoa, or is it something completely different? I would say you would know it's not from the Danoa, okay. or you wouldn't think that, because from your guys' perspective, the Danoa have always been like that black, misty, they don't have color Okay. To them. Yeah. You you didn't notice fire at all during this whole combat. What is um this guy's name again? Norgil. Norgil. Hey, uh Norgil, wh- um do you know what this is? And she's gonna pick up a piece. He takes it in his hand and he stares at it for a minute and then he kind of like holds it up to his nose and gives it a sniff. He says, I think this is what they use to start the stampede. It's a it's a firecracker. Oh, interesting. Um, where it where was the rift compared to where the stampede is, where the fence 
alpaca pack? The rift was in in the field. Okay, so the rift was in the field. So the rift happened, and then which I would assume would cause a stampede, which they broke the fence. Uh, according to Norgill, who just described it, the Chipakas escaped before the rift was there. Where are your rival Chipaka farmers at? Like, who are they? We all uh, raise our livestock out here in Butchertown on the outskirts of the city. Uh, neighbors up the up the road a bit. They they raise Chipakas too. They're the uh, the Riley clan. Have you had situations like this before, where they try to impede on your Chipaka? Raising? To be honest, no. It's it's always been more of a, a friendly competition. I I'm just worried that they've decided to take escalate to the next step. I don't think with all due respect, I, I don't I don't think this is them. Hey Benson. Yes. What, what do we know comes out of the rift? Uh I mean bes- besides the Denoa, you mean. Yeah. Besides the Denoa, could there be like humanoid intelligent figures that are on the other side of the rift. He stops before he answers you immediately because he, you see on his face that he actually doesn't seem sure of the answer to that. And he says, well, personally myself, I've, I've never seen anything come out of a rift other than a Denoa, but there is a lot that we don't know about Dorma. I've been there myself and well, I've never seen much there other than just Denoa, various shapes and sizes. and Yeah, I'd, theoretically it is possible, but it's not something I've seen myself. Because I think one or two things could have happened. One, somebody else maybe walking down the street or you saw that there was a rift open and wanted to save your, din- your savior Chapacas, so they lit this firecracker and the fence exploded so they could get out, saving them. Or two, something more intelligent came out of the rift and blew your fence up to walk through it. Interesting theory. She's going to look at her compatriots like... Like, why Why would the intelligent being blow up the fence? I don't, I, know. I don't know. That that doesn't really make sense. I, I think somebody... I mean, if the if he's saying that... Um, if Nor- Norgal is saying that the uh, fence was blown up before for the rift, then but it's just how, how would then either somebody, what came somebody first, yeah. the chicken or the rift? Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> like, why is it just a coincidence then that the rift just happened at the same time? Somebody they have to be connected. It's either a coincidence or somebody knew the rift was coming. Somebody opened the rift. Can you? And she looks at Benson. Can you open the rift? Like, can someone on this side open a rift? Not, not without that device. The that Damien's used that we that we tested. I mean, that we know of, right? There could be some sort of dark magic or something that we're unaware of. He doesn't verbally answer that, but he gets a very troubled look on his face when you say that. Is there anyone in town that sells these firecrackers, or have you seen them before? Uh, Benson actually answers that, and he says they're uh, they're actually pretty common around this time of year. The festival's coming up, and they use them. It's it's part of the festival, you know, they're fireworks and, you know, not the not the little kids, obviously, but the, the kids play with them. And it, it is a, a pretty common thing to find in the city this time of year. So we, you know, some kids could be just playing pranks on this guy and, you know, scaring these alpaca at the same time a rift opened up. 
I just feel like that's so coincidental. Or is there any rhyme or reason why rifts open? Like, is there usually like a catalyst that you've seen? Like, is there something on this side that triggers a rift opening? As you guys, ben, anybody? Uh, yep, go ahead. Final Mike. Jeopardy. <laughs> I was gonna say, as you guys are having this conversation, Amelia's airship starts. You hear like the hover of Amelia's airship, and she lands, and three horses kind of like start trotting off. She's like, ah, I finally rounded up your guys' horses. I guess next time maybe keep them? Sure. We'll work on that. Thanks, That's Captain a great Marcus. idea. I like that. I'm going to keep that in mind hey, next time. Thanks. When we Thanks. get back, I got some ideas about this ship. Okay, well, um, about back. How about instead you guys come with me and help me with something at home? What's home? The order. Oh, no, at my Graham's house. She's she's still having trouble with these vegetables, and now some chickens are missing, too. Not big ones like these guys, but, you know, normal-sized chickens. And um, I could really use a hand. I'm going to look at Benson. Like yeah, I'll, Benson, yeah, I'll look at Benson. Are we dismissed? Good here. Do you want us to stick around and do anything? No, you uh, you three did fine work today. Whatever Amelia needs, you, uh, you help her out. I'll... I'll get your horses back to base and get our uh, farmer friend here all sorted out this afternoon. Are you sure, Benson? It's I only need him for maybe a couple of days. Yes, Amelia, that's that's fine. Uh, these recruits have earned a little R and R. Oh, that's fantastic! I haven't had anyone come to Graham's house in such a long time. She's gonna be so excited. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess like I guess yeah, we're going Woods, the airship. Woods is a little upset, kind of, just because like she felt like. They were kind of onto something big, and you know now they're getting pulled away from it. But it is what it is. Are you, are you not ready to leave yet? I, I mean, I guess we're just speculating at this point, so we can continue to do that on the ship. I mean, I guess we got some things to follow up on. Yeah, like afterwards. Afterwards, maybe look into the other Riley farm. Mm -hmm. Look into more, like maybe what causes the rifts to open. Like, is there a connection? Yeah. Like maybe I'll tell you what. While you're gone, I'll uh. I'll pass this information on to Damien and see if he knows anything. Sounds good. All right. So Amelia, she's going to like put her hand, I guess, on her shoulder. Hat, shoulder. Yeah. And she's like <laughs> significantly shorter than yeah, I am. Yeah, she's a halfling. Yeah. Let's talk about this shit. Or is she a gnome? No. She's a gnome. She's a gnome. I assume she has a pointy hat. That's probably very stereotypical it of is. me. We all, all have pointy hats. I'm so sorry. Yes. And the Loxodon don't all make trumpet sounds with their trunks. <laughs> <laughs> Wall is here, he says from the boat. Um, this is my idea. Okay. The ship. We need this. Can we, on the bottom, make some sort of mechanism where a rope or a net comes out? So when you're flying around up there, you could drop it, we could grab it, and you can move us quickly. But then what if the rope gets you know, tangled on something? I don't want my ship to crash. I mean, like, pull us up. Or we could cut the rope. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. You want to cut the rope when you're hanging on to it? I think maybe. I mean, we could ask Damien. Maybe he has some ideas. Oh, Damien. <laughs> she gets a little. Yeah, let him modify your ship even more, right, yeah, Amelia? No, yeah. And I nudge her. I, I don't know about Damien. Well, then I think you and I could probably come up with something. We're smart ladies. Uh, all right. Let's think about it on our on our trip. Sounds like a plan. As you are taking off. This is your first time you've really been in the Elemental Airship. It's quite nice inside. Novus is super excited. Yeah. He's always been wanting to ride one of these. So you're kind of up in the cockpit area, like looking around, 
And as you're looking around and you're kind of like getting up to, I don't know, maybe 60, 70, 80 feet, and you start moving away, go ahead and roll a perception check. Just Nomas. 13. As you're kind of leaving town and you're starting to kind of like look over and you see kind of the damage that had happened with the Chapacas, you see a tan robe figure <gasps> walking amongst the crowd. But before you can kind of like really connect the dots, you've gone on your way. And you guys are on your way to... Grandma's house we go. And so the bard's tale has come to a close. Ah, what a splendid crowd you have been. We hope, we hope we'll see you again at Carriage Rest Inn. guys thanks for hanging out and catching up with us so this is the my favorite part of the podcast where we get to kind of go around the room and just a little glimpse into our lives maybe outside of the podcast so today's question is gonna be what is your all-time favorite food and state what it is and then if you had the option you either have to eat it every single day for the rest of your life or give it up forever those are your choices this is totally an unfair question for me because I'm vegan, been vegan for like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So it's not. I, I love salmon, obviously. And I think the first time I met Sam, she made Berjol, ah, which Berjol. is John knows about Berjol. meat wrapped over an egg with marinara sauce. Fantastic. That doesn't get you out of answering the question. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. What do we got, guys? Favorite food? Um, I'm gonna go out. I was thinking pizza originally. Oh, yeah, that's good I can for you. eat pizza every day, but I also really love ramen, and I could probably eat that every day also. So you're gonna go ramen every day? Yeah, I think I could do ramen every day. Okay. I mean, you can usually put different things in it. And... Versatile. All right. Yeah. Okay. I guess getting back to me, I would do tacos because being vegan, we've discovered you can do like roasted sweet potatoes as a filling. Yum. And also jackfruit. Yeah. Which in a crock pot with some spices and you let it sit so for good. quite a while. It's like pulled pork. I so like, I think um, the variety of taco I options. Like to, I would like to try this at some point. Yeah. Lentil, we and, can do that. With lentil and black bean. I make lentil and black bean tacos all the yeah. time. So, okay. Would you eat, eat them every day? I could eat that every day. Okay. Just given the variety of what you can do with them. All right. Yeah, so I'm going to go the opposite direction of vegan. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm vegan. Say, uh, that also is a I'm shocker, Nick. Nice, big, juicy steak. Okay. Um, however, if I ate that every day of my life, I'm pretty sure I'd... Have a yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I might have, yeah, I might have some health issues. Yeah, there, as, a, so. as a registered nurse, Nick, I would not advise <laughs> steak <laughs> every day. Your poor, your poor arteries. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I'd like to live a, a nice long life, so I, I couldn't eat it. I, I would have to give it up. Um, John? You know, it's funny. I think this is not the first time I have answered with a combination of two other people's answers. It is not. Because if my wife and I were just talking about this um, yesterday because she went to like a bridal shower over the weekend and they did the newlywed game where you had to guess your partner's favorite food. And my answer was i i don't know like there was a time in my life where the answer would have been very easily steak okay 
but like Nick said, if I ate that every day, I'd be in some trouble. Um, but uh, Ryan, when you said tacos, I uh, I developed a gluten allergy a few years ago, and so tacos with corn tortillas are my mm-hmm. jam now. And I think if I had to pick a favorite food that I had to eat every day, it would probably be tacos. Now, if you told me if it had to be a specific type of taco, I might reconsider, but like get a lot of variety out of a taco just like pizza Mm. so i mean i also have a very weird diet because of my pink i have a failing dying pancreas if you will so i've had to cut a lot of things out of my life red meat including um i'm gonna go cheese and it's hard because I can't eat a lot of cheese. So I can only have so many grams of fat a day and cheese has a lot of fat. I will tell you I eat cheese every single day. I figure out a way to eat cheese in my diet every day. So I'm going to pick that. And I'm, I do it every day anyway. So that's what I'm going with. If I, I ever develop lactose intolerance I die. on top of my gluten allergy, mm-hmm. I would just be, I'd be done. I mean like <laughs> goat cheese, oh, crumbly I do, blue. I do miss a good brie. Right. Some go- We were talking about Gouda today. It's so Gouda for you. So Gouda. <laughs> all right. Well, on that really cheesy cheese pun. But, uh, um, you all are monsters. <laughs> Talk about cheese in front of the vegan. vegan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, hey, listen, thanks for hanging out with us. We understand that you can really be doing anything with your time other than this. And we really appreciate that you have chosen to spend it with us and the last couple minutes just kind of getting to know us. If you want to get us more, get to know us more or you would like to ask us a question, you can always jump on our website at caradrosstales.com. There's a really good form in there that says get to know your players. Or you can slide into our DMs at Carriage Rest Tales D&D at the good old Instagram or jump on our Discord server through our website at Carriage Rest Tales. Uh, thanks, guys. And uh, we are excited to get to know you back.